0: Most people in Pacific Beach love water, especially ocean water. So today, I would like you to imagine that you are a dive master. Maybe though some of you already are. If you don't know what that is, a dive master is a certified diving instructor that trains other scuba divers to become certified. I would also like you to imagine that you have just been baptized, and with this new identity you are realizing that your attraction for fearful night dives has increased. So wanting to face your fears, one day you plan a dive with your buddy at a spot in La That you know to be teeming with life at night. On the day of the dive, you meet your friend at the boat and begin motoring out to the spot. It is dusk. When you get to the place that you've been to hundreds of times during the day with new divers, you throw your you throw out your maiden. Then you tank is full. Check.
1: Now imagine that the two of you are sitting at the
0: edge of the boat. Both of you then fall back into the water. Only this falling back feels different. Not like the hundreds of dives you've done during the day. This one makes you feel dizzy. Like when you were a child and you spun yourself around and around. You shrug it off though and begin focusing on the beam of light. Night dives are special because the sea during the day conceals. During the day, you feel the little eyes of sea creatures watching you from the coral and kelp, but you don't see their bodies. At the same time, you are surrounded by water that looks like crude oil, forming these thick, dark and desolate walls that seem to be crowding your little light beam. Imagine now that you are pointing the light toward your diving park, but her figure now seems. In the boat. Confusion merges with instant terror. You are now in, the, in total darkness, and the sensation is particularly frightening because you have not prepared for it. Nicodemus is diving at night, too, metaphorically. But his reason is to avoid the religious authorities that he represents, but something about Jesus is pulling him, pushing him in Jesus' direction. Our reading in the Gospel of John today does not say what happened to Nicodemus on his journey to Jesus that night, and this causes me to wonder causes me to wonder because his life would soon be revolutionized in this way. Did he have inklings that this would happen? What was the evening like when he left? Was it darker than usual? Colder? Did he feel the absence of light more keenly, almost like the night had become an entity in and of itself? because there were no streetlights in Jesus' day. But Nicodemus was drawn to him. He could not say why at this point, but he was. And I wonder if this is where he just let his critical mind go. Releasing And with that, permitted the voices of others to paint in his imagination the being forever change his life. Nicodemus knew Jesus was a threat to the Pharisees because his teachings were turning the edifice of their values completely on his head. Nicodemus must have known at some level that the values Jesus was living and teaching would necessarily change him from the foundation. Up until Jesus' emergence into time, to be sanctified meant that one had to learn the religious codes that the Pharisees taught. Knowing these laws not only made you holy, it also helped qualify you for the afterlife. The priestly Sadducees were another religious sect who were in some way similar, but did not believe. Pharisees did. Salvation for them was in part a cognitive effort, but it was also dependent on ritual and dietary practices, all of which required literacy. a royal consciousness, because before Jesus, it in part emulated the occupying culture at large, and because of that, it became less and less about being other-centered and caring for Upside down. He says that you need to be born from water and the Spirit from above. This notion of above is an important point to think about because it reaches out toward the broader intellectual framework of ancient times. Indeed, the writer of John's Gospel is one deeply affected by Plato and his, and his way of giving Through the lens of platonic thinking, we see the the, the perfect and imperishable above world of the forms versus the imperfect and perishable below world. Because Jesus' world was intensely polytheistic, people believed and worshipped in many gods. So there was a need to entrench the faith in a language that was more categorical and therefore exclusive. Moving from this platonic two-story universe, we come to the question about us. Where are we? And how can we claim to be inclusive when we have a gospel whose theology sometimes appears to be exclusive? The answer is complex. I think the world is so complicated right now that to oversimplify it would be dishonest at best, and at worst, a sin. Technology, politics, patriarchy, white supremacy, Indeed, post-modernism and the war in Ukraine do not give us a true, solid ground to move on. But maybe, and this is a scary thought, that was the whole point to begin with, that we needed the feeling of impermanence so that we would reach out in love, for love, to guide us. So, is the impermanence in love motivating Nicodemus? Our practices of this acceptance and our core values of radical inclusion, joyful authenticity, loving justice, and grounded curiosity are the objectives that love motivates us to achieve. Churches, then, are these little Biblical scholar Ronald Allen states, they are places where you do not have to die first to experience heaven, but rather you can experience heaven right now, in this world, in this church. After that, the church then sends us out into the world to try and share this selfless love with as many people be born from above, then, is to be a sower of love in change, one whose good conscience is reinforced and more firmly established by repeated good acts. Imagine yourself now back Yeah, Relief now cradles you like an unimaginably soft blue. She then gently pulls your hand up as you both begin your slow ascent.